Hello, everyone. I am Matt Burton. He has the grace of a swan, the wisdom of an owl, and the eye of an eagle. Ladies and gentlemen, this man is for the birds. I want to tell you guys about Anytime Fitness Gyms. Our partnership with 23rd Street Anytime Fitness just started, and we couldn't be more excited. If you're in central Oklahoma City and thinking about getting a head start on New Year's resolution or wanting to work off the beer and food from Saturday, head to Anytime Fitness on 23rd and Walker next to the Drake Restaurant in Uptown OKC. You get 24-7 access, private parking located behind the building, everything you'd need for your fitness goals. What more could you ask for? Don't worry if you don't live near this particular Anytime Fitness with over 10 locations in Oklahoma City, as well as multiple locations in Tulsa and Dallas, you'd be set. Just come into the 23rd Street location to sign up and you're free to use any of Anytime Fitness facilities 24-7. Tell them you heard about the deal from Through the Keyhole. Be sure to like and share Uptown Anytime Fitness on Facebook and Instagram. Follow them there for updates on deals and other cool activities. The gym is looking forward to over 40,000 upgrades in equipment and amenities over the next year, so beat the rush and join the best gym in town. Join now for the $1 enrollment program going on now through the end of October. Again, that's 23rd Street Anytime Fitness on Walker and 23rd by the Drake. Tell them through the keyhole sent you. Still running. It's a quarter. CD. Well, welcome to the Through the Keyhole podcast. Uh, I'm hosting today, first time, the hands on the wheels on the 10 and 2. We're driving through, just got my driver's license, uh, trying not to cry through the neighborhood you used to drive through together. Uh, we're hearing my voice today, uh, today uh, starting off the show's as you may have seen the Patreon post, Keegan's voice is gone. I, I think I'm, I'm hoping it's some seasonal allergy thing. It's not something uh, more long-term. If it is, you'll just have to get used to my dulcet tones. Uh, joining me today is the uh, man behind the curtain, the man who makes everything work. Please, yeah, please do not mind the man behind the curtain. Uh, Matt Burden, Matt's here. How are you doing, Matt? I'm good, man. Good, man. Busy day. Uh, turn it into a busy night. And then uh, busy next couple of days, Friday, you know, with the, the franchise, got a couple of remotes, one starting uh, at 6 a.m. So love that. Love a little 5 a.m. wake up call. And then I'll have another 5 a.m. wake up call to set everything up uh, on Saturday. So uh, not a whole lot of sleep these next couple of days, but I'm ready for it. A couple of things first, though. One, I'm glad you started off the show with Olivia, Olivia Rodrigo uh, quote. <laughs> I really, that did not go over my head. I appreciated that a whole lot. And uh, if Keegan's voice is gone long term, we're gonna we're gonna set him up with some sort of Stephen Hawking uh, type deal. So he's still gonna be able to talk. Uh, I hope it's not long term, but we would find a way. We would find a way to get yeah. him get him a Stephen Hawking type deal. Yeah, life finds a way. I mean, we'll be oh, there. Yeah. We'll, we'll get it taken care of. Yeah, or we'll do like open uh, audition calls uh, for right. our listeners to be a, a rotating <laughs> third guest here. Yeah. Uh, but today, I mean, because Keegan uh, wasn't able to join us, uh, we have a, a, an interview later on from uh, Levi Stevenson from uh, Wide Right, Natty Light, and SB Blog Nation for the uh, Iowa State Cyclones. Uh, him and I talked for a little over an hour, so Matt, have fun with that. Um, yes, about yes. life, about Big 12, what's going to happen to it, what's going to happen to Iowa State. And we talked a little bit about the actual game <laughs> at the right. very end. Uh, I, I went into it thinking, oh, we'll just talk about this game. And then we talked about everything else but the game. <laughs> right. That usually, I think, is good. Um, 
better content overall oh, yeah. instead of just talking about which guards pulling and who's supposed to be doing what. So we talked, uh, we just kind of shot the shit for a little bit. Uh, he was drinking a Truly, I was th- drinking a Red Bull. So uh, nice. we're, we're living up our, our basic uh, white boy uh, lives as much <laughs> as we can. Um, listening to, uh, I, I just know her song. I don't even know her name. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> Olivia Rodrigo, man. Olivia Rodrigo. It's great. It's uh, great. It's, I, uh, it's, it's one an of absolute those, banger. Oh, it is. It's one of those. I remember the first time I heard that song because I was just overwhelmed with sadness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't know if you know, uh, I think her name's Griff. Um, she sings a song called Black Hole. It is a sad Starbucks, Starbucks white girl music. Perfect. Which I'm a big, big fan of sad white girl oh, Starbucks music. So uh, yeah. I hope, I think I can see the Patreon number right now uh, dropping. Right. Uh, but uh, live your true life. Feel free to embrace it uh, and have fun with it. Uh, but on, on to bigger and better things potentially. Uh, we have Iowa State coming uh, into town this weekend. It is OU's last home game. Um, the the Brook, Brook Street uh, Boomer uh, tailgate on the strokes on the crossroads of Brooks and Monette, I believe. Um, I there's a tailgate that's uh, Brady's family's tailgate or Brady's tailgate. Uh, I want to get this off the top. Everyone's invited to stop by, say uh, say hi. I think Brady now will be there like at six thirty, seven a.m. in the morning, helping getting things set up. Come by, stop by. We'll have beer there. I'm, I'll probably buy a couple of cases of beer from a Vanessa house to uh, share with people. Again, giving a title sponsor there. Uh, come sing have fun go into the game on the way out when you leave at halftime because we you know you're probably going to leave at halftime stop by again <laughs> grab another <laughs> beer and just come out and hang out it's the last home game last chance we have to do something like this uh, i think on the last podcast i mentioned hey maybe we can do another meetup for basketball games or something those should be and what's what's a what's the ou ticket 30 bucks 25 bucks oh, something like that sure maybe that yes. crazy yeah no Shouldn't be that high. Uh, Speaking of, they're playing right now. They're playing uh, in the Myrtle Beach Invitational, playing Eastern Carolina. They're up 73 to 69 right now, a little over two minutes left. Nice, 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 nice. Eastern Carolina's good, man. They're they're hanging in there with OU. Yeah, yeah. Uh, about an hour ago, I got the uh, uh, update from uh, Harry uh, Harry Taylor, so thanks for keeping us up, up to date on there, our hype man on Twitter. Appreciate it, hype man, Harry. And to date that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love it. I love the engagement. Um, and uh, Brady also gave me a shout out on Twitter today, trying to help me out. I think I picked up like nice. 15 follows. He didn't preface it with anything. He just says, go follow Peyton Glenn. That's it. That's fine. And yeah. so I was like, That's I was good. like, what did I do? I text him. like, what did I do? He didn't give me like, follow Peyton <laughs> Guthrie. He's the new host of this, this, this. So he said, go follow this dude. <laughs> he just cut out all the extra stuff. He just gave you the meat and potatoes right yeah. there. You get meat and potatoes. Cut all the important stuff you need to know why exactly. to do something. No. I think he was trying to do like a, an experiment of how much control do I have. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm just testing something out. Yeah. Uh, man. But, but yeah. But OU is limping into the uh, pal- palace on the prairie to defend its home turf against the Iowa State Cyclones. OU sitting at 9-1 and one versus a 6-4 and four, uh, Cyclones. Um what the fuck are we supposed to do with this game, man? What do you think? I don't. I don't even know, man. Because it's not like, it's not like Iowa State isn't talented. That's why. That's why this scares me, kind of. Right. Yeah. That it's not like Iowa State isn't talented, but on the surface, you just look at their record and you're like, oh man, they're disappointing. They're not that good. Yeah. But I mean, they still have talent. Uh, a lot of returning talent that's been talked about uh, kind of ad nauseum now. Yeah. Um, yeah. hundred <laughs> players they brought back. Yes. A hundred, no less than 100. Um, mm. But yeah, for me, man, uh, 
I, I really don't know what to think about this because you could look at it as, hey, we just got our ass kicked by Baylor, so now we're going to play with our hair on fire. Or, oh, we should just roll over Iowa State. They're not, they're not any good because they're six and four, and they were supposed to be this top ten team coming into the year. So yeah. I don't I, – I don't know how to feel about this because man, just, just kind of how OU's been playing. It just seems like they've, they've taken some team either, either they've taken teams for granted or OU's just not that good. Yeah. That, to me, I, just I think, not I think it's probably, yeah, I think it's probably a mixture of the both. And, and, and as you said, you look at Iowa state, you go a six and four. That's probably a little bit disappointing, but as Matt Campbell said uh, earlier this week, <laughs> Records are just a myth, just an illusion. An illusion. Yeah, just, they don't really a, matter. That's, ex, that's external expectations. Are we good Nobody people? really needs to know. Yeah, are, are we good people? Are we if good you, people? If, that's what matters at the helping, end of the day. Are you helping old women cross the street? <laughs> right. And so because of that, because he's, he's, he's taught this team that records don't matter, the games are just kind of whatever – and, and I would, you know, that's tongue in cheek. He's program building from a, from at the basement trying to get that team up. But still, it's hard to hear that as a football fan and go, I understand you're talking about trust the process, but you do play the games and uh, we all keep track of those records and you're only six and four. But this is different because he can salvage something here. If you beat OU, that's a skin on the wall. You beat OU, that's yep. good for them in recruiting. That's good for them for a program that, you know, they can sit there and say, hey, even in our down years, we can beat the Blue Blood. So, that, I mean, that's something that I think they're going to come out focused and firing. They have been a very physical team. They've been pretty focused. The only times they really lose is when Brock Purdy decides to be an idiot with the football. Uh, Brock, if you're listening, um, Come at me, uh, unless it's Brock Lesnar. Then please do not come at me. (laughs) Please, I apologize, the great Northern man. Uh, But Brock Purdy, uh, you look kind of chubby on TV. I think I can take you. Uh, (laughs) uh, But OU potentially is just who they are as well. I mean, they've played very consistent. That's a weird thing. They played very consistent this year. Consistently not what we wanted them to play like. But they've been pretty consistent. Uh, and so I think this game is going to be kind of a rock fight in, unless Caleb does crazy stuff. Um, yeah. he, Baylor completely stopped him from being able to do crazy stuff. So, um, well, I guess we'll just see. I mean, to be honest, I guess that's the uh, I guess that's the dumbass way of saying it. We'll just see. Like, no shit. Wait. Uh, <laughs> we're all they're going to play the game, stuff. and we'll see who yeah. wins. Once, yeah. Whoever yeah. scores Did you the know? most. Did you know they're playing the game? Baby? Whoever scores uh, the most points. It's going to win. <laughs> Unless you don't win. And then it's, hey, we played really hard. And that's all that really mattered because we're just sitting here. We're, 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 we're grooming young men to be, you know, great stewards of their communities. Yes. Uh, I really want OU to, to skull drag this team. Iowa yeah. State is one of the more annoying, annoying teams. Their fan base is fine. I mean, yeah, but whatever. But the, this team has been biting OU's ankles for the last five years. It's been very annoying to play them. Um, getting off the, uh, the call off Levi, which you'll, you'll hear that interview uh, pretty soon. He's very jazzed up about the game. He's like, this is great. We, we're playing, you know, I, we understand that this isn't the record we wanted, but we, we play OU tough. We're totally built to play OU. We are built to beat OU. Uh, the example he gave was the uh, second stint uh, Cavaliers for LeBron James. Yeah. Uh, he said, he's like, we are only built to beat OU. That Cavaliers team was only built to beat the Golden State Warriors grind out the other stuff, play I, you know, play Golden State and try to beat them. Right. And I think that's probably kind of true. I mean, this team does seem to be structured to beat OU 
and they just got beat, uh, beat by other teams who weren't OU. I mean, that's what's going to happen if you build yourself to beat one team. Uh, what do you think about that comparison, by the way? The uh, Golden uh, I'm struggling think- to find who on Iowa State's team would be LeBron James. I guess Reese Hall. Reese Hall's good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I'm struggling to find out the LeBron James there because that was one yeah. very important player uh, for those Cavaliers teams. Yeah. Uh, it always I, helps I when he, you have the best player in the league. Yeah, best player. Yeah. I think, you know, he's trying to say, like, oh, they're the plucky right. underdogs who fought everything. And I'm like, no, I don't. They were yeah. statistically the second best team right. that those seasons beat. The only team that was better than them was the Warriors. Exactly. Like it wasn't exactly. like so, oh, we snuck in at the eight seed, but our you know styles make fights type thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not seeing that comparison. But uh, if I had to make one, kind of for you know OU slash Thunder fans, maybe like a Memphis Grizzlies, maybe like a Memphis Grizzlies against the early uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, annoying to play against. Oh, okay. <sighs> They're a little little physical. There, you know, those Zach Randolph days, Mike Conley, the, Tony Allen, mm-hmm. uh, which hopefully Tony Allen's doing okay. Uh, I think he was caught in that FBI uh, sting, so hopefully he's all right. Um, was <laughs> that the healthcare one or whatever? Yes, yes. the healthcare. Oh, yeah, Tony Allen yeah, was. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. Tough. yeah. Uh, he was one of the more notable players in that, so his name was like the first one out. So. Uh, hopefully Tony Allen, Tony Allen's okay. Um, but no, I would say, yeah, they're like the Memphis Grizzlies. You're just like, we're meeting these guys again and they play us tough every single time. Sometimes they'll beat us and they're talented, but then they'll go and lose to whoever the hell the magic, like they'll go yeah. lose to those guys. But now I don't know for me, man, I, th- this game does scare me because like my whole thing this entire time has been OU's offensive line. Like yeah. OU's offensive line has been so inconsistent this year. Uh, that looked, they've looked all right at times, but most of the time it's not where it needs to be. And like, I mean, I work, I work with Sam Mays like a couple days a week, every single, every single week. And <laughs> man, so if there's one person that harps on the offensive line more than him, I, I would like to hear him because he is, but he's right, though. He's right. This is yeah. probably Lincoln Riley's worst offensive line he's ever had. Um, and I think you're seeing I think you're seeing the effects because this offense has not been what the normal Lincoln Riley offense has been like, because that O-line just for whatever reason, it's not it's not working. It's not working at all uh, there. Andrew Rame has some promise. That's for sure. Um but I just – I don't know why you bring in a guy like Wanya Morris if you're just not going to play him or if he's yeah. not figuring it out. Like, I just – I don't – I do not get this offensive line. So – and like Sam, Sam's been saying too, that's not – the offensive line is not something you get fixed in a week, like a week-to-week deal. Yeah. That, gets, that gets done in the spring. Like, that gets done before the season, and you got your guys in there and, um, and ready to go for the season. So – I, I just don't know, man. That's that's been my whole thing this entire time. And then I, I the way Baylor was able to run the ball, Brock Purdy's not going to be as effective running as mm-hmm. uh, Gary Bohannon was uh, for Baylor. But Brees Hall is probably still the best. Brees Hall's very league. good. Still the best back yes. in the league. Yeah. So that man, they this Iowa State has been one that I've been worried about 
for a while, even with them, even with them losing, just because now they really have nothing to lose. They have nothing to lose. OU still has Big 12 stuff in front of them. That's exactly. I mean, I, I, spoiler, I don't want to spoil it out there, but if, if towards the end, we, uh, Levi gives me his core prediction that he's very much so on the same track of one team's got nothing to lose. The other team has everything to lose. Yep. You normally bet in that situation. Um, I, I think you're right. I think OU, both these teams should be focused. If, if, if there's any game OU has to be focused in, it's this game. Because right now the season is, if you still want a chance at the playoffs, I mean, they could. They're going to have to put somebody in it for. So why not us type of thing? Yeah. To, to be in that position, though, OU needs to beat these teams. They need to beat Oklahoma State twice. They need to do one of these wins by 10 points, hopefully. Yeah. Um, they need to do this stuff. So, But OU also knows if they lose, it's over. You know, it, it's turned to midnight. It's carriage just turned into a pumpkin. We're going home, boys. And it's not, you know, the ladies didn't wait for us <laughs> while we're overseas. Yeah. Uh, so. It's going to be an issue if, if OU loses. So they could be pretty tight walking into this game. I'm hoping they took one on the took one on the chin, and it's more of a okay. Listen, we understood we're, we're we bought ourselves too much. We're high on our own supply, but we're here today. Iowa State, you guys keep saying you're the team that's going to beat us. You keep saying you're the number two team. You keep saying you're going to do this stuff. Well, we're here. Come come and prove it. And this is a, this could, yeah, like I said, this is a statement, could be a statement win for Iowa State to say, hey, season wasn't as many wins as we wanted, but we still beat OU. And that's the thing. I mean, like, like what Brady was saying, it, it sucks when you're the Super Bowl of every single other, <laughs> other right. season. But that just comes with the, that just comes with being Oklahoma. I hate running away from that. You should be, oh, like, when Lincoln Riley complains about it, you should be, fucking proud about it you should be like going to recruiting off you know going to your living room saying everyone gets excited to come play us because we're the big dogs on the block and you know what they normally don't beat us really they shouldn't be beating you at all yeah <laughs> like you know that there's a there's some you know puff your chest out i mean that's what you need to do when you walk into a room and everyone looks at you that's a good place to be in it's not if if OU wants to duck and hide and get lost in the weeds and so they can sneak up on people i don't know if i want to cheer for that type of program Right. I want to cheer for the type of program that's in the lead that's pushing people. And now that I want to take a little side tangent. I'm very glad when you, the moment you said Memphis, I thought you were going to bring up the Spurs and talk about them losing no. as an eight seed, one seed. And I was going to just <laughs> hang up the call. So I'm, I'm glad you kept it Oklahoma City and yes, then the Thunder yes. and them mm-hmm. having frustrations with them. Uh, Memphis was not a fun team to, to play no. against. I will say that Spurs team was jobbed. I mean, uh, jobbed. I mean, it. Man, Manu breaks his elbow the last game of the season right? and then still plays. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, you lose – at that point in time, he was probably the second-best player of the team, and he oh, yeah. you know, breaks his arm. So what are you going to do? Uh, that sucked. <laughs> yeah. But then any, any other time after that, the Spurs pretty much took him to the cleaners. And <laughs> they became kind of like a uh, – it's annoying to play them, but we're going to win 4-0-5-1 type of a right. thing. So, right. you know, it, it, it was fun uh, – the grit and grind. I do miss the grit and grind Grizzlies, to be honest with you. I think that was a, it was a fun time for the league, fun time for that fan base. Um, but, guys, uh, we, we've just kind of talked about uh, the game, what we're going to do. Come uh, come stop by the tailgate. Uh, I'm sure we probably had a couple of sponsor hits or something like that. I've mentioned the Vanessa House. Uh, I'll mention them again. Uh, buy beer from there. Hang out. I go there. I, uh, I'll be there this Friday hanging out. With, if you guys uh, need something to do Friday night, I'll be up there. I play on my phone, drinking some beer, uh, uh, hanging out with you guys. Uh, hopefully some people stop by. Um, I just really want to try to keep building this the way uh, uh, Brady and Keegan first started this. 
make it more family based to a certain degree. Uh, I can't, I mean, you know, when you're here, your family, I want us to keep, you know, it, it's a community and you know, we're all friends here. Uh, and the only way to be friends is to see each other, hang out with each other. Um, and, and let me know if there's some stuff you want to do. I've been looking into things like green room on Spotify, like doing like a live podcast or something like that as well. Maybe we can do something for the bowl game to where we just like do the show while we watch the game live and everyone's listening. I mean, that'd be kind of interesting and cool. Then we can produce it as a regular podcast after that. Um, just ways to get more interactive ways to have more fun with the, uh, with the, with you guys as subscribers. I mean, we, we can only get, I mean, we just want to do this for fun. I know Matt wants to talk, talk this stuff for fun and practice more and then learn how to do more stuff. And I love talking to you football. So this is always just fun for me. Uh, it's And it's cool that there are people who also want to join in on that fun and, and support us and really kind of support the vision that Brady had when he first started this thing uh, with Keegan and Matt. Um, so guys, uh, keep supporting us. Let us know. Uh, but right now we're going to toss it over to an interview I had with Levi Stevenson earlier today, the managing editor of uh, Wide Right, Natty Light from SB Blog Nation. And after the interview, uh, we'll be back and we'll be closing up the show. Through the Keyhole is brought to you by Uptown Anytime Fitness. That is Anytime Fitness on 23rd and Walker. The best gym in Oklahoma City, if you ask me. And I know that for a fact because I've been using it for just about two years and I couldn't love it anymore. Perfect size, perfect amount of equipment. And we're even getting $40,000 upgraded equipment over the next few months, so we're excited for that. But it's not too big, it's not too small, it's not intimidating. So for first-time gym users or, you know, if you're out there getting closer and closer to the new year and you're thinking about New Year's resolutions, new fitness goals, yeah, this gym is not intimidating. There's never a, a ton of people inside at any point during the day, so you never have to wait for your equipment. It's just the best place, in my opinion, to be if you're just trying to improve yourself in one way or another. And the new owner, Garrett, is awesome, very personable, very helpful, and wants to help you guys out as much as possible. So for the month of October, they're doing a dollar membership sign-up fee. Again, it's a dollar membership sign-up fee for the month of October. Just let them know that you heard about this deal from Through the Keyhole or just from me. Maybe you'll run into me and you can make fun of me. But again, there are about a 1,000 Anytime Fitnesses across the map. So if you don't necessarily live around Uptown OKC, you can just come up here, sign up with this gym with Garrett, and then you're able to use any of Anytime Fitness's facilities. There are a ton in the metro. There's a few in Edmond. There's a few in Tulsa. I was just in Dallas a few weeks ago and used an Anytime Fitness in Seagaville, Anytime Fitness in Kaufman. So even if you travel consistently, Anytime Fitness will still be there to help you achieve your fitness goals. And hey, if you are perfectly fine with how you feel, how you look, all those things, that's fine. But just help us out here at Through the Keyhole and go ahead and like Uptown Anytime Fitness on Facebook and Instagram. Give them a follow. We will greatly appreciate that. All right, listeners, uh, joining me today is uh, Levi Stevenson to talk about the upcoming football game of the Iowa State Cyclones. Uh, Levi, how's it going out there uh, in wherever you are? Where are you at right now? I mean, I live in eastern Iowa, so it's it's uh, a bit chilly. I think today the high was like 35 and we had like 20 mile an hour winds. So it was a little little bit chilly up this way. And, and, and uh, for the people who are listening, uh, Levi is a managing editor, a managing editor for the uh, Wide Right and Natty Light, part of the SB Nation blog network. Correct. Is that that correct? is correct. Yep. How long have you been covering uh, uh, Iowa State, and I guess more importantly, how long have you been a fan of the Cyclones? I've been I've been the managing editor for Wide Right for well, this is my fifth season because my first season was 2017 when we beat you guys in Norman the first time. Uh, Ooh, nice. So, yeah. Good so that job. was a. Yep. So uh, that's a, so I, I will fully take credit for the rise of Iowa State football. 
Um, uh, but I've been a lifelong, I, I mean, I came out of the hospital with an Iowa state onesie on. So I mean, I'm, I'm an, I'm a lifer. Uh, my, my dad went here. I've had, I got, I don't know, 10, 12 cousins that went here. I've got a couple uncles that went here. Like it's, it's, uh, it's, we're, we're an Iowa state family through and through. Yeah. You're born into it. I can, I can respect that. Oh yeah. I, but it's funny though. Cause I'm, I'm, I live, I was born in, in raised and currently live deep, deep in Hawkeye country over here. Whatever. So I had to kind of, I had to kind of fist fight my way out of here. <laughs> no, that's, it's always good. I mean, uh, I'm in the Southeastern uh, portion of Oklahoma. Uh, yeah. it, it's not, it's, it's, if you know anything about Oklahoma geography, the Southeastern part of the state is basically its own state to a certain degree. Yeah. I've, I, <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm a little bit familiar with it. Um, not like, not a lot, but I, I know, I do know enough that like the Southeastern part is where a lot of, I mean, that's where a lot of the reservations are. Correct. Like um, yeah, to, to a degree, I mean, uh, basically the, the full eastern part and most of the entire south of the state, I, I think close to like 60% of the state ever since the uh, McGirt Supreme Court ruling has been yeah. ruled reservation status yeah. again. Okay. Uh, so it's a, it's a pretty large section, but yeah. um, for, for people who aren't in Oklahoma, it, it's mainly known, the southeastern part is mainly known for Hochatown, Brokerville area. A lot of people uh, yeah. do some outdoors vacation and stuff down here. Sure, but, yeah. Yep, yep. Um, but, but regardless, not talking about geography of Oklahoma, uh, people listening to this know, know all these places. Uh, walk me through what the uh, what the fuck's happened so far for the Cyclones. I was pretty excited you guys to be a little bit higher up there in the win-loss column. Uh, kind of walk me through what's been going on. Well, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster season. Um, you have a tough game against you and I um, to start the season, which – you and I is one of those if you know you know teams. Like you and I, most people look at you and I and see see an FCS team and like, oh, you should blow them out. Yeah. You and I, you and I is is a North Dakota state in that you you really don't want to play them ever, like for any reason. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, they always play Iowa State and Iowa close. Sometimes they beat us, and they went they went to Camp Randall a few years ago and took Wisconsin to the wire, like at their play. Like you and I is not a team you want to mess with. Um, but it's a close game against them. Then you lose to Iowa. Um, almost entirely because of special teams, um, and that was the that was the story in the loss against Baylor too. Um, since then, special teams have been much better to the point where Andrew Mevis is now a, a growth. Excuse me, a growth. I've been drinking all day. Free <laughs> <laughs> gaming for the game. Oh my god! Um, but uh, Andrew Mevis is now a Groza semifinalist. I mean, he's been really good. I mean, so he's he's doing kicking and punting now. Um, he's been really uh, excellent this season, and special teams coverage-wise has been much better. Um, but then you have the loss to West Virginia. That that was uh, the defense didn't play well to start the game. A couple questionable calls, but I'm not going to get into it. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I, like it's one of those. Like I don't want to blame the refs, but you know, uh, but the, the defense was largely blaming that, and then the defense was 100 percent to blame against Texas Tech. Uh, well, that and the and not being able to run the ball because uh, the offensive line just wasn't getting any push. Texas Tech was stacking the box with like eight nine guys and basically daring Iowa State to throw the ball. Which yeah, they, did they eventually it's OU as well. Yeah, they. I mean, they eventually just. I mean, they eventually did just. Uh, I would say just abandoned the run game and then just decided that if we're gonna get Brace Hall the ball, we're gonna do it in the passing game. And they just mm-hmm. they just abandoned the running game entirely, and it it kind of worked because Iowa State did come back um, from seventeen down and half, and and you know it was a tie game with you know forty five seconds left or whatever it was. Um, but the defense gave they, they were just in too deep a hole to begin with um, that they it just it was just too much to climb out of. And now, granted, to to win that game, Texas Tech had to hit a sixty two yard fucking field goal at the end or whatever, which you know 
you kind of just got to tip your cap and be yeah. like, you, what do you do? I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was dead center. It looked like it would have been good from 70. I mean, it wasn't, it didn't like squeak in or anything like that. He, he made that or whatever. So it's like, it's, it is what it is as far as that goes. But I mean, it's still a team that's full of tons and tons of veterans that have played a trillion snaps for Iowa State. And it's still a team that's dangerous. It's still got Brees Hall, who's a now a Doak Walker, so semifinalist. Mm-hmm. That was, I mean, that wasn't, shouldn't be any surprise to anybody. Um, he's still, he's still, you know, arguably maybe the best running back in college football. Um, you know, they still got Zebra Hutchinson. They still got Charlie Kohler. They still got Brees Hall, Mike Rose, all those, Will McDonald, all those guys are still there. Um, it, they've had some inconsistencies. The special teams really hurt to begin the season. The def- there was some, uh, Mike Rose missed the West Virginia game, so that's a big loss. That was mm-hmm. one. That was one of the reasons yes, that, yeah, the def- yeah, yeah. that the defense was out of sorts that game. Um, last game, I don't really have a good explanation for it. They just, it just didn't go well. Texas Tech had a good game plan. And then Do- that Donovan Smith, I think he's, I think he's gonna be really good. I, yeah. I really do. I think he's gonna. I think he could be like. I think he is gonna be like the next like really good Texas Tech quarterback. I, I really believe that Donovan Smith, Donovan Smith is gonna be that. He's got all the tools. Um, he's big. He's quick. He can throw a good deep ball. He's he's patient. Doesn't really make mistakes. Um, he's good. He's good. Good player. Um, yeah. One one of the things I want I kind of want to talk on because uh, early in the offseason, now at no point in time. I mean, I, I know there's probably a bunch of animosity between OU fans and OU blog sites and Iowa State blog sites uh, in the offseason. Yes. Everything going off the SEC move and everything. Uh, I'm a I'm, this you know, this I'm season decent. was particularly contentious. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I'm I'm decent friends of uh, Red Dirt Sports, and he he was poking the bear pretty. Oh, he absolutely was. I, I, for the record, I do I, I love Red Dirt. Or he's good yeah. or whatever. He's he's good. Yeah. He's good stuff. But yeah, he was he was poking the bear a little bit. But I will say, I mean, um, I think Keegan had you guys as a lock to cover the the win total, and I was I kept thinking, this is, seems like a nine and three team. Nothing bad, but I was like. They sure. would have to have an historic season. I was, I was trying to remember what the what was the over under nine and a half. I think it was nine and a half, and I think people. I think he was saying you guys would win like eleven games or something. And I was like, they would. I mean, like, if, if you look at the history, it's it's never happened. But if you look at like if you look at on paper on the beginning of the season, like it kind of yes. made sense. Like it, like it, like it was easily justifiable. Easily yeah. justifiable. It's just you know you had to. It, it would, I was they would have had to set you know be historically good to hit the over which is really kind of an interesting situation um now yeah yeah and and it which is that whole that whole situation with the whole iowa state's never won 10 games thing or whatever is always a funny conversation to have especially with kansas state fans because lordy um <laughs> uh, i got i got into it to the point where i cussed somebody out on twitter this week or whatever and um where like they'll say well obviously it's never won 10 games so the ceiling is this level it's like well, prior to Bill Snyder, the ceiling for Kansas State was like three fucking wins. So shut the fuck up, or whatever. Yeah, true, true, all the way. It's, it's like it's like ceilings ceilings only exist until you go past it, or whatever. So like because Iowa State has never won ten games doesn't mean they can't. It just means that they haven't, or whatever. True, so I mean, true, true. So like historical precedent doesn't determine the future, especially when you have like a really unique situation like Iowa State, where Iowa State has a an all time like a like kind of an all timey type coach. Or whatever, you know, like, uh, or, or more so than they've had, you know, besides like Earl Bruce and Johnny Majors, which they had a, a long time ago before they yeah. got to Ohio State and Tennessee. And, um, but this, like, Matt Campbell is like easily the best coach in Iowa State history. I mean, it's like a totally different scenario than Iowa State's ever yeah. been in. Yeah. And so, He's like, probably it's, the it's, best coach in the Big 12, honestly. I mean, I, I, you, you can make, you can certainly make the that, case. Yeah. I, I, there's a, there's certainly, I mean, it's pretty much like 
him, Lincoln Riley, and then, you know, maybe if you want to throw it, not, well, not Gary Patterson anymore, but you could throw in like, I don't know, maybe like a Dave Aranda, I guess. But like, I mean, I think oh, it's Lincoln Riley. shade at Gundy like that. I mean, I'm gonna. Uh, so, <laughs> like, like if, if you're putting it in a tier, like it's Lincoln Riley yeah. and Matt Campbell in tier one. Tier two is probably Mike Gundy and probably Dave Aranda. Yeah. And then, you know, then there's, there's different tiers. The, the, what's interesting though, is that, there really isn't a bad coach in the Big Twelve. There is like there isn't a single one in the coach in the in the conference. You'd be like, that's a bad coach, or whatever. Like, I mean, Sark. I mean, like Sark hasn't proven much, but we know he has he has a track record of being good in the past. So we don't he we has don't a know track record of being an eight to nine win guy. But yeah, and so it's like is is he that's Texas bad, good? Obviously, if he's is he Texas good? I don't know. But like, yeah. and he and well, he's Texas only been good historically is eight wins a season. I mean, yeah, Texas is rich, Texas is rich, Arkansas. Let's just be real yes. here. Yes. Um, so like, but even, even he, even if you're ranking him last, just because of how Texas has been this season, like if Steve Sarkeesian is the worst coach in your conference, you got a pretty good coaching conference. And, yeah. Yeah. This is a, this is a, I mean, it's, it's depth for a lot of coordinators walking in for the first, or man, Grant just, oh, well, they, right they're now. like, I mean, he it, had two good years and now he's, screwed because everyone well and it's funny now. though because you look at who's coming in now with with the new members like luke fickle is joining the is joining the club now or whatever yeah. so yeah luke fickle and then you've got i can't remember who byu's coaches but he's very good and mm-hmm. and uh then now you have dana holgerson coming back in and you got i don't even know who coaches ucf anymore um uh, uh, Malzahn, uh gus, gus Malzahn. Gus, yeah so i mean gus Malzahn's in oh, here now yes. too i mean like the, the like even when oklahoma and texas leave the coaching depth in the conference is going to be absurd like it's going to be a really deep conference from a coaching perspective. <laughs> yeah, to me, um, to, to carry on the conversation, to me, the Big yeah. Twelve, it, when when OU and Texas leave, is still going. To, it, I mean, obviously, my I'm, my eyes are going to shift eastward. Uh, sure. But yeah, obviously, the, the Big Twelve to me is going to be the second best football conference. I, I don't. I, don't I, I would agree with that. Huge names. You don't have a. You don't have a. You you don't have a blue blood. But like, especially if Lance Leopold gets Kansas going. Like it gets yeah. it gets them competent. Who's the bad team in that conference? Like who's who? Like if if Kansas is all fun. of a sudden a five or six win football team, who's the worst team in that conference? Like <laughs> there isn't a bad football program in that conference except for Kansas. But Kansas might be good in a couple of years or yeah, whatever. It'll like be, it'll be super fun, especially if the Big Twelve. Oh, it'd be and, great. And I don't know how much I don't know how much you guys feel about this stuff. I mean, I know a huge OU fan, so I'm like, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoot me in the head. But if the if the future Big Twelve can say, hey, Thursday night, Friday nights, we're gonna have primetime games on there because we understand the the reality of like no blue bloods or something, but we're sure. gonna be on TV, we're gonna own those nights, it's gonna be competitive football, people are gonna watch. It that's how it is. I mean, right. I, I, it's there's gonna be a bunch of fun going up and down the like you said. Oh, I mean, I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be Iowa State winning and then somebody else winning next year, somebody else winning. It won't be it's gonna it be an now. incredibly it's gonna be an incredibly deep conference and it's gonna be a lot of fun where there's gonna be a lot of fluidity on where teams can finish. Like right now, like of if you're looking at the new Big Twelve right now, like Iowa State and Oklahoma State is probably the kind of the premier rivalry of the conference. It's yeah. not like a, it, it, I like it, and that's not really an official rivalry. But if you look at like the last five six years, it's been and even beyond that, it's been a really competitive game. It's been always been really close, really hard fought, and the two team, the two schools are really similar, and they get along pretty good. But there's also like we like ribbing each other a little bit. Like that's a good a good rivalry that can be kind of your flagship to start it out. But then um, you have then you have like Campbell and Fickle. Like if you have those guys, those two guys squaring off all the time, where mm-hmm. like you know like. 
if you're looking at like tier lists of like well-respected college coaches, you got your, you got your Sabins, your Swinney's and all that up here in this top tier, but like, like Luke Fickle and Mike Camp, Matt Campbell are not far behind there as far no, as like respect on no. as far as respect on a national stage. And I would say in can I would say and say, well, I mean, Campbell's from Ohio or whatever. You, you there's like there's a lot of there's a lot of ties between Iowa State and Cincinnati. Between you know, Iowa State recruits Ohio quite a bit. Um, Matt Camp, like half the staff is from Ohio. You know, then you know, like the guys like Mike Rose, we got out of Ohio and stuff like that. They we played, but we had a home and home in basketball a few years ago. And stuff like that. I mean, there's a lot of ties between the two. So, like, seeing the Luke Fickle, Matt Campbell connection every year could be a really could, that could be an appointment television or whatever. And then you have, you know, you have uh, your Oklahoma State and beat like you have you have Oklahoma State matching up against like people like Houston and stuff like that, where you can get these really high scoring <laughs> games or something like. There's a lot of really fun matchups that are waiting to be had in that new conference. And I think it's I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it because I'll be honest. I'm also looking forward to being in a conference that doesn't include Texas. I'm pretty. I'm really looking forward to that. I know, like Texas are all like they're always jerking themselves off, like oh we we fed the conference and all this. Like you only exist because we were here. Great, uh, fine. Yeah. But you're also a huge pain in my dick. So I don't like. I don't want to like. <laughs> but like I don't <laughs> like. It's gonna be nice not having a. It's it's gonna be nice not having Texas in the conference. I'll be honest. <laughs> Yeah, and especially just for the guys, um, you know, you guys get left behind. I really think the recruiting profile starts opening up a little bit more. Like I said, you have more games sure. in Florida, more games on the East Coast and stuff. So, I mean, there is. I would say it has actually been, I would say it has actually been kind of a sneaky, has actually kind of been a sneaky good Florida recruiting school. Yeah, you're for, right, like, you're right. More so, like we recruit Florida more than Texas. Um, Florida and Ohio have become more priorities than Texas recently. Partially because we know we like we're getting like I don't know fifth like the fourth or fifth choice in Texas most of the time, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe maybe third at best. Um, but in Florida, we there you can we can get higher than that. We can we can pull some really good players out of Florida and, and Ohio. I mean, look like Mike Rose. You know, maybe he yeah. didn't have a lot of offers, but we he's Mike Rose. Uh, yes. and, you know, we, yeah. <laughs> we've gotten a lot of really good players out of out of Ohio. We have a guy that. Uh, we, he actually decommitted now, but we had Hayden Pauls was committed. He's a 2022 guy, I believe, but the, the wide belief is he's going to jump to like a four-star, like he's going to get Ohio state offer. He's probably gonna go to Ohio state, all this. And like, uh, Mayan Williams, who's an Ohio state running back. He was an Iowa state commit before he yeah. flipped to Ohio state. And so like, Iowa state's had some had some success in Ohio now, you know, and more guys are starting to not flip. Um, they're starting yes, to stay yeah. with, they're starting to stay with Ohio with Iowa state because they're getting in early with these guys from Florida and Ohio. And now you're playing games at Cincinnati every other year. That's a huge mm-hmm. tool that they can use to help with Ohio guys. Cause they like Ohio guys are pretty proud. They like playing in Ohio. They like doing that or just, just like Texas. Um, they yeah. like, they like doing that. So now you have a game in Orlando, you have a game in Cincinnati, which I would say David Montgomery and Deshante Jones are both from Cincinnati. They've had, they've had really good players come out of not just Cincinnati, but Ohio as a, as a whole state. And I, there's a lot of opportunities there, and and Iowa State has also had really good success in Arizona, and so when you add like a, when you add a school like BYU, which is not in Arizona, but it's it's out west further, it's just a little bit easier to get to. Yeah, it expands uh, the footprint. And if the and if the Big Twelve does decide to expand and and grab the Arizona schools, that's that's another big area, another big recruiting area in the footprint of the conference, and in, in a footprint that Iowa State likes to be in. They've because you know, they pulled Brock Purdy out of Arizona. They've pulled uh, the Eli Sanders out of Arizona. They, they've and uh, they've got a couple other guys um, from down that way. Um, and because Arizona is kind of a budding recruiting hotbed now too. Um, I, I think it's going to be a really fun conference. Everybody's ever, there's lots of 
interesting places that it goes to lots of interesting opponents. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. I think it's going to be a really fun conference, even if it doesn't have a blue blood or whatever, but it's got a lot of, it's got a lot of good name, maybe not a great name, but a lot of good names that everybody respects and, and knows that it will produce a lot of entertaining football. So now that we've kind of talked a little bit about the past and, and the and potential long-term plans of yeah. uh, Iowa state and the, rest of, and the rest of the big 12, Oklahoma fans right now, I mean, this is going to come from from an extremely spoiled fan base. I totally yeah. understand. Yeah. Please make fun of me immediately. OU will, fans no. are walking <laughs> this game. We are disappointed at nine and one. If you look at the context of that nine and one, I think you can say, "Oh, you oh, should be I, disappointed." I, I don't disagree. Yeah. yeah. I, if I if I like if if I was an Oklahoma fan my whole life, I would probably be disappointed with where the team is right now. But historically, after ten games in the last historically in the last twenty one years, OU has won has been eight and two after 10 games. So for the last 20 years, uh, there's some sure. six and four, some kind of drug that down, but OU's walking this game a little disappointed. First loss of the season. Iowa state is potentially not having the season that it wanted to have. Matt Campbell will disagree with me. Who knows what season he wanted it to be as long as everyone's happy. <laughs> we, can, uh, we can, we can get into that too. I've got, all, I've got lots of thoughts on that whole situation. What are you thinking about coming into this game, you know, very, this very short-term future, what's happening this weekend? How do you guys feel about it? What do you, what do you think Iowa State's going to do? I mean, do you feel confident walking into it? Because, I mean, as a OU fan, I do not feel confident for these remaining three game, remaining two games on the schedule at all. So what I do know, so a couple of things that I, I like, I, I believe that Iowa State will be a focused and motivated team this weekend. I don't think, I don't think they took the last weekend, and the loss last weekend, and, you know, potentially – not, not actually falling out of like there's they there is still a couple situations that can happen where Iowa State still ends up in Arlington, um, but you know where it's not it's they need a lot of help um, and they need to win out. But even even given that, I, they are not they're not like they they believe it. Everybody still believes they still have a lot to play for. They can still get they can still finish out these last two games because next week, a week from Friday, believe it or not, is Brock Purdy's senior day. He is finally. Yeah, wow. Yeah. You know, he's a true senior and he hasn't used a red shirt. So theoretically, if he really wanted to, he could actually, and if, if he used a red shirt next year and uh, COVID, he could technically still play in 2023, um, which is it's kind of bonkers. But um, I mean, you have guys like Brock Purdy, Charlie Kohler. Uh, I'm assuming Brees Hall will probably leave and go to the NFL. Um, Mike Rose, Greg Eisworth, Enyawazarike, Will McDonald, these guys that have played a, a billion snaps for Iowa State. You know, and all of those, and all seven of those guys, you can make a very good argument. They they are all the best to ever play their position at Iowa State. Like, how many times do you? How many teams can you ever think of, football teams especially, that have at least five, potentially seven players on this team at the same time that could be considered the best in their position in the school history? Like, uh, like two thousand one Miami, maybe like. Like, yeah, like, something like where, that. Yeah, where you're talking like the one of the greatest collections of talent on, the, on a single football team ever. Like, mm-hmm. now I'm not saying Iowa State is 2001 Miami. That's not what I'm saying. But like, in, no, in the yeah, context, yeah, in the saying. in the context of Iowa State, you have an you have an unprecedented, a total unicorn uh, collection of of all time like legends on the roster right now. Like guys that will be remembered for the rest of eternity. Yeah, on the roster playing right now, and. They've got two games left in the regular season, and then they've got a bowl game. And they've still got a lot to play for. And there's a lot of pride to play for, too, saying, yeah, it maybe didn't, maybe we aren't going to make the Big 12 title game, but we're going to finish strong. We're going to say we never backed down, even though, even though uh, we maybe didn't have what we want. We finished strong. 
and finished out with three wins or whatever it is. Yeah, so I know you, I, I, you don't have uh, you don't have like some also rands. I mean, you have a chance to put another skin on the wall. I mean, anytime absolutely. you you, it's a great thing to do. Matt Campbell can hit that recruiting trail hardcore on that. I mean, that this is a big game for the program. Like and, said, and right now they stumbled out of the block and now they and right now i think the cow. the bowl projection has us in the cheese bowl with clemson so like Ooh. we could play clemson in a bowl game yeah. and notch a bowl win over clemson maybe clemson is garbage this year i don't care we beat clemson in a bowl game yeah, beat them when you <laughs> like, can beat them that's that's five star culture over five star five star culture over five star talent baby that's what that is if, if i State ends up in a bowl game with clemson and kicks their ass that's what that is going to be or whatever and that's and that's that's great. That's what we want to build on and say, yeah, we, we didn't go hundred percent our way, but our guys still fought and they still, they still stuck to Matt Campbell's process to his, his process yeah. mode of thinking and saying that it's not, it's not a failure because we didn't make the big 12 title game or whatever. That doesn't mean it was a failure. If, if the team became the best team that they could be, even if it took a little while and you took a little few lumps along the way, it's still a success. It's still a good season. And it's still, and it's still a worthy finish for a group of guys that deserve to be enshrined as absolute legends in the school history. And, and it's, and it's not even just those guys I mentioned, like guys like Orion Vance and Jake Hummel and Colin Newell and Xavier Hutchinson, like, like there's like four guys right now that start that I, that I know will be back next year. Yeah. Everybody else could leave or whatever. Like even in those 18 guys or whatever it is, could be, you know, it's going to be an incredible roster turnover, but uh, you know, those guys all deserve credit for making Iowa State what it is. Because, like, guys like Dave Montgomery and Alan Lazard, they turned it around and got it pointed in the right direction. Yes, this yeah, group, 100%. this group took it and made it consistent and made it sustainable. And that, and that's, uh, that's easily, that's every bit as hard as turning it as around. It's maybe not harder because now you have expectations and people know about it. There's, there's a target on your back. And they've they've stood up in the face of that and made Iowa State into a program that looks like it can sustainably be a contender, and that's a huge accomplishment. They deserve every bit of credit in the world for doing that. And yeah, there's, that's there's what they're stuff. playing for. Yeah, there's what you were talking about earlier, talking about the becoming the best team you're going to be. Uh, because I, I've talked on on this podcast, and, and the, the you know everyone will remember. I, I've talked about expectations versus goals, you know, expectations are what other people have for you. So I think right. Iowa state was carrying a certain amount of external expectations. I think people were absolutely. expecting them. I, absolutely. I, I, yep. Um, but Matt was, he, to his credit was like, Hey, I never said those things. Right. Lincoln Riley was saying, Hey, um, this is my second home. Glad, yeah. yeah. He's, he he's got to make sure he gets saying, there now. <laughs> national, yeah, he, he literally said the goal is to win a national championship this year. I mean, yeah. And now it looks like they couldn't be further from even the fourth seed. And uh, yeah. so it's, I'm, I'm harder on the team because of that. Like if I were an Iowa state fan, I think I would yeah. hear that and be a little upset, but I'd also think, you know what? Well, you would be sure about this thought process. He you would be if you, if you didn't have, if you didn't have the context of what Matt Campbell's been saying for his entire co- career and I would say for what he's been pl- saying for the last yeah. six years, if you had no context, yes. You say, well, I didn't, I don't like big 12, winning the big 12 was never my goal. Like you're like, well, what the hell? But, but what you one introductory press conference day one in 2016, he said, we're going to win a big 12 title here. So that's already solved. Okay. Yeah. But two from day two on, Everything he said has been extraordinarily consistent. It's about the process. It's about doing what you need to do on on a daily basis and making the right decisions and doing what you can and doing the best you can 
on a daily basis. And then that doing that over a long period of time gives you the results you want. It's not, we're going to try to win a big 12 championship. We're going to figure out how to get there. Mm-hmm. It's, we know how we're going to, we know how we're going to do. We know what we're going to do to be the best team and the best individual people that we can possibly be. And on the back end of that, we have a shot to win a big 12 title. And that's, that's the difference. It's a process mode of thinking as opposed to a results driven mode of thinking. Guys like yeah. Nick Saban, Nick Saban, John Wood, and Bill Belichick have all made, you know, Hall of Fame legendary careers on that mode of thinking. And when you have a fan, a fan, when you have a a media sphere and fans that are uh, that are conditioned to think results wise, because they're used to reading sports journalists. And what do sports journalists cover? They cover wins and losses. They cover results. They can't, yes, you can't, yeah. sports journalists can't cover what happens behind closed doors. They can't happen. They can't cover what happens at close practices or what, or what the players are eating for dinner. Like they're not like if they're making the right food choices and stuff like that, they can't really cover that. That's not interesting. That's not what they read. That's not what they write about. What they write about is wins and losses and who wins what, and who doesn't. So mm-hmm. we're so from day one. So the media already thinks like that. They already are a results driven group of people and fans read what they write. So we're already conditioned to believe that that's how it should be done is it's result. It's results or, and that's, and it goes for lots of other things too. And like what sports and even just in general life is that, is that how often you see the, the being goal driven, being, you know, set goals for yourself. And that's how you get there. But that's, and that's fine. There's lots of people that have been successful doing that, but that's not the only way to do things, whatever that it's not, it's not only saying this is my end goal and I got to figure out how to get there. Some people that some that works for some people and that's, that's great. Good for, good for them. For some people, that's not how they work. They say, I know what I need to do to be the best version of myself or to be the best version of the team or whatever. And it's, 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 a, it looks weird from the outside. So Rory Walling, who's a special teams guy, he's, uh, he's, a, you know, Iowa state's like special teams. Mm-hmm. I think I actually unmuted. I think I actually muted myself. You muted yourself, yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's Iowa State's big special teams guy, or whatever. He had a great quote. He tweeted it out. He said, "From the outside looking in, you don't, you can't understand it, and from the inside looking out, you can't explain it." And yeah. that's a great, that's a great way to phrase it. Is that it doesn't make sense when you're looking in. He's like, "Why? Like, why don't you have any goals?" Or because we're so attuned to setting and trying to reach goals that it doesn't make sense. To look at to look at a process that doesn't really involve uh, that doesn't really involve uh, specific milestones or or or, um, mm-hmm. or tangible goals. It doesn't it doesn't involve that. So it's it's weird to look, and that's why like that's why a lot of people like they respect the hell out of Nick Saban, but they also think he's kind of got a screw loose because yeah you, yeah you look at him and when he says my best teams were the ones that didn't care about winning a championship. Like it's like, well, what the hell? That doesn't make any sense. But when you mm-hmm. but when you sit back and remember that he thinks from a process-driven mentality, and that he's saying that the the his best teams were the ones that cared about doing the right thing every single day and being the best they can be in in both significant things and in in even no, in decisions, no matter how insignificant. Deciding to have a salad for dinner instead of a cheese, you know, have a salad and chicken breast for dinner instead of a cheeseburger. Or it's deciding to to watch an extra hour of film or whatever it is, making the little decisions that add up to becoming Alabama, who is easily the most respected football, you know, aside from maybe Ohio State, the most respected program in college football or whatever. And and he is widely regarded as maybe the best coach in the history of sports or whatever, like for for that reason, because he's so good at attuning his team to making sure that they do what they need to do every single day 
And then he ends up with net with sec titles and national championships. And that's how he gets there. That's not the only way to do it, but there's, there's a proven track record that that's how that works, mm-hmm. but it looks weird. It looks weird from the outside. Cause we're like, this guy's crazy. Cause he's like, he's up by 30 at halftime and he's cussing out the special teams and defense. Cause they were messing yeah. up or something like that. Yeah. And that's because yes, they're winning. That's a results driven mentality where if you're happy, like, well, we're winning by 30. That's great. That's results driven. And that's fine. But Nick Saban is is process driven. So he said, "Yeah, we're winning by thirty, but our defense and their special teams are sucking shit, whatever, and they need to get turned around because they are not doing what they need to do to be the best version of themselves that day." And that's the change in mentality, and it can be a real shock to the system the first time you hear it out loud, whatever. And it's not the first time you hear it out loud. And anyone's ever read a John Wooden book, or they've mm-hmm. ever watched Bill Belichick or Nick Saban coach a team or give a press conference. Nick Saban and, and Bill Belichick are famous for giving like weird press conferences and they give like these really like oddball quotes. They're process driven guys and they give you like these this coach speak or they're like where they're just they just want to get to practice. They want to keep working or whatever. And they they seem like really like joyless people, but it's not. They're not joyless people, or whatever. They they're really process driven and they want to make sure that every single day they and everybody that they are in charge of is doing what they can every single day to be the best that they can be. Yeah, that's something I've I've done personally. Now we're talking about like self help stuff. Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't. Set, it, it's I funny don't, how it all set. it all links in together, though. Yeah, like I don't set goals anymore. I mean, I, I right. was listening to some stuff, and the idea was, hey, you don't need to set goals because goals, like we're taught, set a goal, but that's just right. an end result. What you should be doing right. is picking, setting a direction. You know, creating good where habits. Am I, and where all am that. I going towards? Right. Those goals right. will become ancillary and will happen. Right. But on the on the result side. You know, Bob Stoops would he he would say the number one goal for his team is to win the Big Twelve. Sure. And fans would lose latch their onto it. Yeah, yeah. They wouldn't latch onto it. They would be pissed. Like, no, the goal. Well, is sure. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Latch, latch on to say know? like this. This is yeah, what it has yeah. to be. And if we don't yeah. get there, then then that's yeah. what it is. And yeah. like people like uh, like my, my friend Brady and stuff, and, and myself too. OU should have had another national championship in the last twenty years. They played for them. They've had talented teams. It Probably didn't work out. It happens. Football's weird. Things bounce. You that it is. Hundred percent. That has a whole bunch of NFL people on it. It just happens. Right. But you would hear him, and fans would be starving for it. Like we need this is Oklahoma. We, we we cheer for you for a reason. You're supposed to bring these things home. It's just you know this is your ex your external expectations. And he would say, goals are win the Big Twelve. Anything that happens after that happens. Sure. You can't control it, but we we think we could we think we have the talent. We should be competing for Big Twelve. And our sure. that fan base would just get rabid because it's like we don't want that. And it, this was kind of weird because we are such a spoiled, entitled fan base. I'm probably <laughs> everyone's like unsubscribing immediately. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, we're at six straight right now, and it's almost kind of like an offhand, like yeah, we'll win it again. Yeah, and now it looks like we're not, and everyone's just panicking. Right, <laughs> we're nine and yeah. one, and everyone's just panicking. It, you forget that freshman it, quarterback. <laughs> you forget that it's hard to win a conference championship. <laughs> yeah. Or never. I, I think, I hope, I mean, this is a different topic, but I hope the playoff does expand to give conference championships more weight. And it's like, well, I would know, agree. We, yeah. we have to win these. Now, may, does that homogenize the playoffs even a little bit more? Because maybe, know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. this year, OU would, won't be in it. But if it's 12, they would, <laughs> you know, more sure, than likely. Yeah. So it gives those blue bloods a chance to take one on the chin and still make it in. Uh, and then by the talent, they probably would get up there. But it also gives a chance for Iowa State to, to make it in, Oklahoma State to make it in, Cincinnati if you get to, to make twelve. It in, you know, if you get to twelve, you can have the teams that are both very deserving of being there and 
probably like even if they lose a couple games, but you know they're a good team, you can you yeah. can capture both of those bubbles and say most deserving and probably the best teams. You can yes. capture those both in one playoff. Beyond twelve, like if you're not in the too top many. twelve, you you probably even like even even beyond the it's too many or it's too few, whatever it is. But if you're beyond twelve, you can, there's you don't really have a lot of room to to say well we should have been in. It's like, well, yeah. there's a lot of people that already get in. If you if you don't have the resume to get in as it is, you probably don't deserve to be there. Yeah, there was a – I don't know if you listened to the solid verbal, but they had uh, Ari Wasserman on, and um, he talked about how he would rank it. He said, I would rank Georgia one, and then I'd rank the other three teams with how could they – if they could beat Georgia. And right. I was like, that's just an insane mindset. That's, yeah, that's, that's not – yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a like, dumb – that's a like, like very idiotic. I guess the way, the way, like A&M maybe, and like, it's like, it's just whoever you want to be. Well, the, way, the way the playoff and the play, playoff committee has polluted our way to think of how the, how teams should be ranked with this is that right now, Alabama playing Georgia close in the in the SEC title game will be more valuable to Alabama than Cincinnati kicking the shit out of Notre Dame at Notre Dame will be valuable to them. It'll like a close loss to Georgia is more valuable than beating the shit out of Notre Dame, and, and that's undefeated. Yeah, and that's and that is how polluted this whole thing is, and that and that's why it, if you go to twelve, so there's no way Cincinnati ever gets left out at twelve, or no no chance in hell. Or whatever, and I, and, and I know you've prepared yourself, and I'm preparing myself. Cincinnati beating the shit out of Notre Dame isn't going to matter when Notre Dame jumps Cincinnati pretty soon. I mean, it's just not going. It's not. To it's not going to matter. However, it like uh, like Cincinnati is going to finish undefeated, and and but it's funny though because like you look at let's say let's say Oregon loses to Utah one because they play to play they probably have to play Utah twice in a row because um, yeah. for for the regular season and then the Pac-12 title they're going to have to play them twice in a row. So let's say Oregon loses one of those games and could justifiably fall out. Cincinnati's sitting there at five. They should just jump in, right? <laughs> well, they should. They should. But the problem is, like, right behind you have like a Michigan and you have Michigan, Michigan State, and you have, I'm trying to think who's, who else is there. Um, who's at six? Well, Michigan, Michigan State, they'll take care of themselves. So they all have to play Ohio State. That's so. true. That's true. They got to play Ohio State. Yeah. But then, so you, one but of then those like, three teams is going to have two but, losses. But is is Alabama with two losses, including one of them being a close to win to Georgia? Are they going to get in over an undefeated Cincinnati? Yeah, I Maybe. I think they will. I think they would. Oh, for sure. Not that they or, shouldn't. Or they, but or I think Notre Dame. If they if Notre Dame maybe goes, maybe Notre Dame one loss, they're going to go right. Well, sure. They're a team that a bunch of people will watch. Let's get them in there. That, and that that will that could truly be the final impetus. Say like Cincinnati is undefeated. Notre Dame has one loss. Well, who is their loss to? Cincinnati. Like, like yeah, if you, they, if, they plant, yeah, they, 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 they planted that seed, the Michigan State, Michigan thing, like the very next week. It's like these games don't matter in our eyes. I mean, they, well, matter, and Gary Bart has said last week, and it's like, they, they, Gary Bart even said last week, I'm like, don't, don't look at them on tape. In every stat, Michigan is better than Michigan State. Or it's like, what do you mean if you don't watch the games? What are you talking about? Watch <laughs> the fucking games, you moron. Go get, yeah. get out of the playoff and go. He'll get. The, I'm sure he's got another lawsuit, and I'm sure he's got another Title IX lawsuit. He's got to go settle. Get the fuck out of here, Gary Barty, you dumbass hat. Whatever. Like and one thing, yeah. One thing he is talking about though is like the process of the season over the full test of the season. I would probably agree Michigan is a better team. But maybe. the thing is, the one thing that does matter, they did play. I think college football, you have to be resort oriented, obviously, because you have sure. to have wins and losses. Sure. That part should matter more than anything else. If you I mean, played on the field and one team won, that's that. <laughs> I mean, if they, if they played head to head and they're otherwise otherwise equal, but they played head to head and one of them won, the winner should be ahead. 
And yeah. no universe, if Cincinnati finishes undefeated, in absolutely zero universes should Notre Dame jump Cincinnati. But they might. And that's how fucked this whole playoff is. Yeah. And it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And, there's, and they're talking about stuff like recruiting profiles and everything. I was like, oh, you're just what you're saying is one team has way you're, more. You're, money you're the moving others. the goalposts. What you're telling me is you're moving the goalposts to fit your agenda because it, they're, they're, their criteria changes every single year. They say, well, they have good losses and now this team has good wins. Well, this team has good recruiting. Like, what is, what is the criteria to get into the playoff? You, there is no concrete criteria. Back when it was in 2014 or whatever, when Baylor and TCU could have been in. It's well, you need a conference yeah. title game. Well, we got a conference title game, and now what the fuck are we doing? Like, like yeah. Oklahoma State could win the playoff this year as a one loss, one loss conference champion, and they won't make it in. So, like, what are what are we doing? Like, this is this is this whole thing is is so it's so poisoned beyond belief. It's yeah. crazy. Well, I mean, it's it's uh, the college football sold it sold to be a call, to be a TV product. We have Absolutely to start did. thinking about that way. It is a TV product at the end of the day. Yeah as it is right now i mean I, I know like even like lincoln riley and stuff he's talking about well i get these for players and we're trying to make good men out of them yep it's like yeah i'd love to hear that but it's also a tv product and you have <laughs> yeah. to win a bunch of football games because you're making eight million dollars right you're not like eight million dollars a year to be a mentor to young men <laughs> a lot of a lot of good civil you know state workers do that <laughs> you know what i'm saying right yeah right yeah dollars a year so you know, and you're flirting with LSU and you're probably going to get a $12 million raise or whatever. So like, sure, yeah. like, some of that stuff starts falling on deaf ears when you really put a microscope on them and start saying like, well, it's great Matt Campbell saying that and it's really fantastic they're doing that, but you're also getting paid a lot of money uh, to, win, <laughs> yeah. to win football games. Yeah. Um, um, but you know, it's, it's funny though, because that's, and that's part of the reason I love that. I've, I've grown to really love the idea of this new big 12 because there isn't a blue blood in there. So it is, it's not a TV driven league because there's no blue blood in there. So it's, it's not, it is truly a, it is a league assembled to be a fun, cool football league. That is, that is how it was built. That, I mean, the, the TV numbers are part of it because you know, that's why you get to grab a BYU and stuff. But BYU is a good football program. That's yes, not just yeah. that's not just a that's not just a program that has eyeballs because they have a really kind of weird fan. Not I should say weird, but like they have a unique oh, fan base. That, like 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 I, I don't want to, I, I don't want it to sound like it's like I think Mormons are weird, but like yeah. more it's more like they have their own unique situation in that they have an entire religion that follows one football team. Or whatever. So it's yeah. like it's it's kind of a, it's an odd situation, but like so like that is helpful. But BYU is a good football program. I mean, that's not like it's not like they just grab some random TV grab program. BYU is good, yeah. and, and Cincinnati's good. Like every four years, you're going to have a bunch of 26 year olds, right? Like, yeah, staffing their full football team, right? That's be or whatever. For you so guys like, to figure out. like Cincinnati is always really good. UCF has has been pretty good recently, and they've just dumped a ton of money into their football program. Yes, yeah. and. And Houston and that, can be yeah. Houston's right in the in in the, in the hotbed of you know the second best recruiting market out of outside of Dallas maybe but like like they're I mean they're you know one and two basically whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it I mean Houston is right there they they can they can be very very good or the floor is kind of high just because of who they can get in just within the city limits basically and you know so you add some really good Houston's not a big name nobody's nobody's like. Flipping like, oh, Houston is not appointment television. UCF is probably not is not anymore in appointment television or whatever. Cincinnati kind of is, but not really. Whatever, but like they're they're just good football programs. They are really good football programs, and the Big Twelve is going to produce a ton of good football with that conference, even if it's not a TV driven league 
like mm-hmm. like the Big Ten or the SEC or whatever it is, where it's like we're going to get as much money out of this as possible. The Big Twelve is just going to have a ton of really good football games, and that's why I th- that I think I, I that's why I love that new conference because we're the Big Twelve is kind of going to be allowed to just sit there and have fun on their own, like to be to have fun in their own party. Because like that would be the Big Ten, the SEC, how to have them their little pissing contest for a while, mm-hmm. back and forth, and that's just what it's going to be, and that's that's fine if that's what they want to do. But if if it goes to twelve, if it goes to a twelve team playoff, the Big Twelve is still going to be involved in that. They're still going to get an automatic qualifier bid out of that, whatever. But the rest of the year, we're just going to be allowed to have fun and enjoy college football without any of the politic bullshit that goes with being like in an SEC or a Big Ten conference, or whatever. And that's I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, the, the one thing I'm not looking forward to, like moving forward the SEC and stuff, I mean, is continually being attached to, to Texas and everything on that line. I, I, well, yeah, I mean, now now you're permanently now you're bound. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're hooked. We have to be because we we you're hook we kind of a yeah, yeah Andrew, okay yeah fuck you dude. No. <laughs> I think I think it was kind of a a matured uh, what was it called mutual destruction thing. One yeah. team couldn't leave the other team because they'd be screwed. So now they yeah mutually assured destruction. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like Bat- Batman and Joker type of thing going on between the two Texas is definitely like, the Joker. Each other. Texas is a hundred percent the Joker. So it's like it's so like the Joker much. with a peg leg. It's weird. Like he can't really move around that good, but he's just kind of crazy, yeah. or whatever. But yeah, as you mentioned, you you don't have to share a conference with them anymore. The thing I'm looking forward to. Oh, you might not really be sharing a conference with them anymore either, because they won't have the same outsized voice they have, like right. Bama and Georgia and Florida. I mean, all these other schools, are like, dude, shut I up! Mean, like, what, uh, say, Oklahoma's going to have to learn to take a little bit of a back seat. <laughs> yeah, and Oklahoma has always been—I I cannot remember who it was, because um, you—you called Texas rich, Arkansas. I cannot. Yeah. I think it was Godfrey. He said Oklahoma's just really efficient, Arkansas. <laughs> because I mean, <laughs> everyone's just Arkansas. Not, it's just a, some yeah, version yeah, of Arkansas. Sure. <laughs> I mean, Oklahoma's not a super rich state. It's not a super talent rich state. I mean, OU has to go out and get people. They have to recruit. They have well. to. They, they have, have to go and pillage Texas. Yeah. 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 And, and also coaches. I mean, they don't hire bad coaches very often. If they do, right. they fire them pretty quickly because they're like, yeah. "Nope, you're not working. We need a good guy in here." Like they understand how the guts of OU is of a great program. It knows when it's good, when it's bad and how to get back to good pretty quickly. And I think Matt Campbell's trying to do that. Iowa state, like we're trying, like we're trying to have the guts of a great program that can self-identify very quickly. Something's wrong, fix it. You know, and and that just takes decades. I mean, it took Snyder Snyder decades. And that's what, that's what is always the funny thing is like, well, I would say it's never been good and all this. Like, well, I mean, like, Yet everybody, everybody was everybody was bad at some point. Like if like yeah. Ohio, like Ohio State and Oklahoma, they got good a long time ago. Notre Dame got good a long time ago. Kansas State just got good like twenty years ago, or twenty five yeah. or whatever. But like maybe maybe Iowa State is just getting good now. Like that's like we just it just sure. took us a century. Like yeah, <laughs> you know, life moves a little bit slower up here in the Upper Midwest. It's okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, things things happen on their own pace, their own time. Right. I mean, from my outsider perspective uh, of your program, that the, the program you cheer for is that Matt Campbell is showing he can bring some top tier talent in. I mean, he yeah. can bring he can he can manage like the best quarterback we've had, the best defensive end we've had. He, he shows he can produce that stuff. What I'll be really interested to see is is can he upgrade the overall talent of the middle part of that roster to kind of lift everything up because once well, that happens the, this most recent happening and everything we can happen the 2022 recruiting class is currently sitting at 23rd in the country right now um 
What do you guys usually pull in? I'm, I'm not familiar with 55 like in the 50s. Okay, 50s. yeah. If you guys can, if you guys can get in the top 25, top 30 consistently, you, you're looking at an there's a there's the, the last cut the last couple years have seen a significant surge in recruiting talent. Um, like right now, I will tell you a little preview. Hunter Decker is the guy sitting behind Brock Purdy. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be good. a little bit. I, he's going to be. He's going to be better than Brock. <laughs> Uh, he's, well, he's good, really yeah. good. He's, he's, he's Brock with a strong arm. <laughs> yeah. Like a, I mean, a, a, a is, cannon. <laughs> yeah. The, the thing is like watching Brock again, I mean, I, I watch him when I see him, if I'm preparing for yeah. stuff, he just seems like such a roller coaster of a guy to cheer for. He reminds me a little bit of a, of a Baker Mayfield type, you know, he's going to throw I've them all compared him, I've compared him to Baker Mayfield. I've compared, <laughs> I've compared Brock to Baker Mayfield a hundred times. I mean, he's, yeah. they're very similar players. <laughs> Uh, it would be interesting to see what happens if, because I'm worried about this game coming up. Just if, if the game is played cleanly, I'm worried about this game. What I'm also factoring in is Brock's going to make a couple of the boneheaded plays and maybe, oh, you can squeak out because of that. I mean, that that's kind of where I am. Uh, Caleb has I mean, shown to be a freshman. He could do the same thing. So it, it, I think it's whichever quarterback decides to be stupid. The, the thing with Brock, though, is Brock's bad stretches come in bursts. So like he's yeah. he'll be really good for six games and then he'll have one really horrible game and then he'll have another streak of really of six really good games. He doesn't he he very very rarely has two bad games in a row. So he he didn't really have a good game last week. His second half was good, but he still threw three picks. Um, yeah. and he's out. And generally he's played pretty well against Oklahoma. Um, yeah, he really, has, yeah. He, he's generally played really well against Oklahoma. He shows up for good opponents. Um, yeah. And I think so both, I, both programs right now are just kind of interesting. Like you said, I mean, you're going to have a focused team coming off a lot. If OU's ever going to be focused, it's going to be this weekend. You would hope so. Yeah, you would, you would assume this is where Oklahoma is going to have their shit together. But uh, So I think that's where we're coming down to. you got two teams whose seasons haven't quite gone the way they are. And for them to go the way they want to go, you have to win this game. <laughs> I mean, to a certain degree. Yeah. I mean, if you if you want to get to nine wins, if OU wants to even just have an outside shot, because like you said, they're not putting Cincinnati in. They got to put somebody in. If yeah. OU wants an outside shot, I mean, maybe they beat. I mean, maybe we run the table, beat Oklahoma State twice, get two top ten win or something like that, and people go, "Hey, they figured it out. They just had to take one on the face, you know, or something." Right. That you have to win this game. Like I think it's just a culmination of each season colliding into each other. Yep. and what's going to happen to it. So uh, just to kind of wrap it up, what do you think is going to happen? Who do you think walks out? I mean, I'm assuming you're going to pick Iowa State. I'm assuming I want to pick Oklahoma. But, I mean, how do you foresee it kind of breaking down? And I don't know if you can do like the dumb sports jock score prediction. So the funny thing, though, is that so th there's two teams that are that should be very, very motivated this weekend because they both have a lot that they want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. But one team is, in, is with their backs against the wall, against the wall with nothing to lose. And the other one is backs against the wall with everything to lose. Everything to lose, yeah. And that's a big change in mentality, especially for a when when a Matt Campbell team is the one that has nothing to lose because they already generally play very physical. They're usually pretty. They're usually they play. They're really gritty. They grind stuff out. They're they're perfectly happy with getting in a rock fight. This, I'm going to take a couple of shots at Oklahoma here because I do not see Oklahoma as a team that likes to get in rock fights. Uh, they, no, like not I, this season, not this season at all. Like if Iowa State is motivated and physical this weekend, I think they can make it for a long day for Oklahoma. Not like not like not blow them out, but like I think like it, like this game could be a lot of not fun for Oklahoma fans for a long time if Oklahoma is not physical and Iowa State is. Um, it could be really tough sledding for Oklahoma because I think 
with with as much veteran experience as there is on the roster and a history of of being physical and grinding out tough wins and coming back uh, from from deficits and things like that. It's a team that just does not go away. They can take punches and and still come out on top. Right this season, the Bay- I mean, from from an outsider perspective, the Baylor loss felt like an overdue loss. Like it seemed like Oklahoma probably should have lost the game before that. Yes, um, for sure. I mean, they should have lost. I mean, you could go through their schedule. There's a couple different ones. See how they're one and nine. I mean, you can't like like <laughs> Kansas. Easily. They probably could have lost. They could have lost Texas. They, I mean, there's a bunch of them they could have lost. Nebraska. Yeah. Yep. There's a bunch of them where they the loss felt overdue. And I know I personally, I think a lot of Cyclone fans are in the same way. They see Oklahoma as a bit of a paper tiger right now. Um, yeah, that's not to say that proven to be anything other than what that, they are. Right like now. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to be like excessively, like I'm not like trying to like excessively dunk on Oklahoma here, but like they're no, nine, they're, they're nine and one. Time. They've got lots of talent. <laughs> they've got lots of talent and they can be, they can be good, really good. But this season has been really shaky and, yeah. and Caleb Williams has been like, it seems like the off, like the offense, the, the running game is basically Caleb Williams right now. There's not much yeah. else going on in the running game besides Caleb Williams taking off outside the pocket. And the passing game is generally not bad, generally pretty good, but sometimes not great or whatever. And so against a defense that's really good, full lots of seniors, that's generally pretty disciplined, has John Haycock running it, that can spell trouble for it. And, and like last year we saw – one of the reasons that we felt we had a good chance at Oklahoma against Oklahoma at home is because that was going to be Spencer Rattler's first time, first Big Twelve game, and first time facing Iowa State, which is kind of a, which is not the defense isn't as unique as unique as it used to be, um, but it's still it's still a very disciplined and talented defense, and this will be for Caleb Williams' first time seeing that defense, yeah, and that. If I was an Oklahoma fan, that would be a red flag for me. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Caleb. Uh, it, I mean, Baylor doesn't run. I mean. Everyone's a similar ish. It's similar ish. Yeah. They're they're dropping well, dudes back there. They're flooding some zones right. and stuff. So Caleb's yep. and he has shown to be hesitant that way. Right. I do think OU fans and myself have I've kind of said, okay, I guess I would love to win these games, but this is great for Caleb to get these games in here, yeah. learn these games, take these hits, and think about it from a think about it from a goal driven or, or process driven thing of going. These are the three best defenses he's probably going to see. Right in a row. Right in a row. <laughs> right, right, right in a row in his entire career at OU. So take these lumps, learn how this stuff goes, and then run into it next week. We're making it to a bowl game. We're going to have bowl practices, you know, and, and, and build from there. Right. Selfishly, so, I win. So the, the, what, what I've always the – way, the way I describe Iowa State – so Iowa State is a lot like the, the like LeBron's, LeBron's second Cavaliers team. So – that team wasn't designed to beat everybody. Who who are those LeBron Cavs designed to beat? The One Warriors. Team. They were designed the to beat the Warriors. To about. Yep, they were good enough that they could they could they could grind it out and get to the playoffs, and that's all they need to do was get to the playoffs, and they can grind it out and get to the tight finals. And then they were designed to beat the Warriors. Ohio, Iowa State is kind of designed to beat Oklahoma. They are like they're like they're good enough where they can grind out wins. Sometimes they don't, mm-hmm. but sometimes they're good enough to grind out wins against everybody else, but they're designed to beat Oklahoma. That, yes, that, 100%. that defense, that defense is designed to slow down Oklahoma's offense right now. That's a power running game with Brees Hall. That's a really physical elusive, but physical back. Mm-hmm. Like that is a, that is a team designed to be physical against a team that the last, however, like really under Lincoln Riley has not been a very physical team. And this year, especially where they the physicality has lacked for Oklahoma, 
this is an opportunity that, like I said, if Iowa State is focused and motivated and ready to go, Iowa State has a lot of a lot of pressure points that they can that they can that they can tap into and really make life difficult for Oklahoma, and that gives them a shot. And that's why I under Matt Campbell, they've played Oklahoma close or beat them every single year. Like even even in 2016, when when Iowa State was three and nine, they Oklahoma only won by three in Ames. And then they, you know, obviously Iowa State, Iowa State won in Norman in 2017. 2018, when Kyler Murray was on the team, they only won by 10. And that was like, there was like a garbage, like a field goal at the end or whatever it was. And I can't mm-hmm. remember exactly what it was, but it was, it was a really close game the whole time. And that was when I would say had Zeb Nolan, that quarterback, which shout out Zeb Nolan, now South Carolina starting quarterback. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, um, uh, but then 2019, really close. Obviously came down to just that two point conversion at the end. 2020, Iowa State wins. And then it's a close game in the Big 12 title mm-hmm. game. Iowa State plays Oklahoma close because they are basically built to beat Oklahoma. And for that reason that you have a team that's built to beat Oklahoma, you have a roster that is physical, they're they're still very motivated, they're still they're still ready to play and an Oklahoma team that is teetering on a bit of an unstable equilibrium mm-hmm. at 9 and 1 where it feels like the the the, rail, the, the schooner could tip over at some point <laughs> or whatever or whatever I, I mean, I think Iowa State's got a good, a decent shot, and I think that's reflected in the line where a nine and one Oklahoma team and a six and four Iowa State team. Nine, Oklahoma's only favored at four at home, which means that on the neutral road, Oklahoma might be favored like one. They played at Arrowhead; it'd be like a one point game or whatever. And thing I'm thinking there too, in that. I think Iowa State's got a, a decent shot at this. If they come out and Brock Purdy's solid, the defense is good, especially in the first half. I think Iowa State's got a decent shot at it. I really do. Um, I think Brees Hall has a chance to have a really good game. Uh, Xavier Hutchinson did a lot of damage to Oklahoma last year, and I think he can do it again. Charlie Kohler is always is always dangerous. He's always really hard to cover. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Iowa State to win this. I know it's kind of a weird there you thing. Go. There you go. I'm taking. I I've never I'm on a podcast. I've never picked against Iowa State, and I'm not about to do it now. No, um, never do it, dude. If we played, if we got, if we had somehow made it to the playoff, and we were playing Alabama in the playoff, I'd go into the Alabama play and be like, "Fucking kids!" I would say win by 21. Like I yeah, wouldn't like I would say I, by I, a million. I would like I would never ever pick against Iowa State because I wouldn't want to be in the playoff and be the guy that picked against Iowa State in the playoff against Alabama. Yeah. I would never want to be that. <laughs> no, yeah. So I'm, I am, I think I can reasonably justify taking Iowa state and I don't my non homers perspective. So I'm going to take Iowa state. Give me 37, 28, 37, 28. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I could see that. Uh, I mean, so my perspective, Oklahoma's offensive line has not been where it should be. Uh, historically, it's historically it's been able, it has been the tone setter. Like defensively, uh, Oklahoma hasn't been as physical as you said. I mean, obviously that's been there. Multiple years they've been ranked like over, you know, in the 100s. So I mean, yeah. that's the issue. Uh, yeah. Last year, 15, maybe that was more COVID fool's goldie than what it should be. But the O-line just isn't where it is. Uh, they're not pushing people around. They're getting pushed around. Um, you guys have a really good defensive line. You guys, uh, like the, that, that defense is built to stop OU, keep them from being explosive. But this team, if anything, with Caleb Williams in it, has a large degree of variance. It can be very bad, or he could do something insane and score a touchdown from 70 yards away. So I think OU has a chance. It just needs to land a couple of those insane plays. 
So for me, I think it's more of a 31-28 type game. I think both teams know how to frustrate each other just well. I think Brock is probably good for two boneheaded plays uh, to kind of artificially keep it closer than probably what it should be. You guys should have beat Iowa. If you remove the turnovers, you guys beat Iowa. If you if remove the turnovers and Tory Taylor being an absolute punching god, like besides yeah. besides that, Iowa State wins that game. Yeah. So I mean, I think I think it's two teams there that whose weaknesses perfectly complement each other. <laughs> kind of, yeah. It's, it's it's there's a lot of strength on weakness in this game. Because <laughs> where OU is good at is getting the ball. OU OU's defense is, uh, I believe, they're still number one in the Big Twelve in ter- creating turnovers. That they, they were might be. last they're, they're week. They're like they the tw- they're the 2011 week. Packers. They can't stop anything unless they turn it over. <laughs> yes, yeah, and that can yeah. give you a chance. I think what Riley oh, needs yeah. and what Caleb needs, he just needs more shots, and eventually something crazy will happen. So I think it's more of a 31-28 type game. I think it's a kind of a grindy out type game. I'm going to pick OU. I'm not picking OU to cover. Uh, I think it's close. I want to be down there. Um, uh, tailgating with uh, Brady and Keegan, the rest of the through the keyhole uh, fan base, we buy them all out to a tailgate down there. Hopefully, have some fun time. Um, oh yeah, it'll be a good time. Yeah. But Levi, uh, I mean, we got our score predictions. We talked about life. We talked about goal setting, direction setting. We talked about all the know, time, all kinds of stuff. Where the Big oh, 12's yeah. moving on into the future. What will you guys can see. I'm not leaving my Big 12 fandom. It's going to be weird thinking of OU not being a Big 12 team or a Big 18. Uh, so I mean, that, that's the funny. It's, Oklahoma has been around for a long time. Like they've been in the big whatever for a long time. Yeah, it, it's going to be very strange. I mean, losing Nebraska was weird. Now we're even getting further more removed from them. It seems like Bedlam's going to go away for probably a decade before that gets at sealed least, up. So at least it, it's yeah. going to be strange. Like, and I'm also like, I think no one else who listens to podcast. I'm a wrestling fan, so I'm like, what's what's the wrestling program going to do? I mean, Are they going to stay in the Big Twelve? Iowa, we're Iowa State. I mean, Big Twelve. If you if yeah. you found a place to listen to wrestling, you, you probably found it here. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, I, mean, I, mean, I would say Oklahoma State or Penn State, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Well, I would say this third all time in national champions, and we've produced the two greatest wrestlers in the history of the sport. So, yeah, you guys are up there. I mean, I'm saying. So I'm hoping the Big 12 allows OU Wrestling to stay back there. I'm hoping SEC Money allows OU to boost that program a little bit more and get some different talent in there. So I'm just excited about where all this could go. Sure. Uh, like you said, like there's going to be a great football team, football program. OU's entering into a murderer's row for softball, which OU should be able to continue where they are. The sure. baseball team is probably going to get skull drug for a while. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's going to be fun all around. Uh, I think for both teams moving forward, um, I think it was a messy breakup, obviously, because it nothing because we're not we're still not broken up. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> a good one. It, well, and the funny thing was uh, is that the, the Oklahoma and Texas fans treated this totally differently because Oklahoma fans are like, oh, we're going to the SEC, like like oh, we're doing it for the best. We're all like, yeah, we get it or whatever. But Texas fans are like, oh, fuck you guys or whatever. They're walking. I was like, you guys, you guys suck ass. Like you maybe should try to be good in the big 12 before you go to the SEC or whatever. Meanwhile, they just lost to Kansas last week and they got their shit kicked by Iowa state the week before, like, like two totally different situations. Like I still have, I still have a tremendous respect for Oklahoma as a football program. I have zero for Texas. I do not give a fuck about Texas. I, I assume that they will win five games a year. If if they're they're gonna yeah, have a hard time winning five games this year, you know. <laughs> right. So I mean, like they're gonna be in the SEC West with Bama. They just they got they got to be by Arkansas this year. They got to be LSU, Ole Miss. Like they're gonna get A&M, smoked. They're playing A&M, A&M like every year. It's gonna be. Great. Oh my god, that's gonna be. I, I'm going to just. I'm not gonna be on Twitter that weekend. Fuck that. <laughs> that's gonna be the worst. Uh, 
but that's this is everything. Like I said, I mean, thanks for. Uh, I mean, if for the listeners know, this was a last second thing. I, I think I sent him a DM uh, like at eleven o'clock or ten o'clock this morning. He's like, "Yeah, sure, let's do it. Let's have fun. Let's do it." Um, you know, at, this is through the keyhole. We're still pretty young. Uh, I think a little over a year is when Brady started this. So, but um, you guys are pretty established. So, thanks for taking time and, and joining us. Um, no problem. And then uh, I'll bring Matt back on, and uh, we'll tie the show back up, guys. Um, thank you so much, uh, Levi. Uh, plug anything you want to plug? Uh, so I mean, I, I run Wide Right Natty Lights, the Iowa State SB Nation site. We're at Wide, we're at Wide RT Natty LT on Twitter. We've got a YouTube page. We've got uh, two pod, two definite podcasts every week, sometimes three or four. Um, and we've got our YouTube show on Tuesdays, and it's called the Nightcap. And then uh, I don't know. I've got a personal account. If anybody likes battleships, I don't know. And battleships and rock bands. Uh, it's Levi R. Stev. Uh, yeah, L E V I R S T E V. My dog is just decided that she needs to go. She's getting antsy. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but I don't know. I'm, I'm in, I've got my hands in too many things to plug everything. Well, guys, I mean, we all like we all we all like Big Twelve football. I think we're all going to still like Big Twelve football. Follow everyone. Follow um, um, follow Levi here. I do follow the 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 main the main blog twitter yeah it's always it's, it's, it's extremely funny twitter because it, it, it still knows it, it's kind of like we get it where i was there i mean we get like the outside perception of it but hey we're also good it's, it's a good plucky follow when you're like you're just trying to do that uh, it's, it's, a, it's a funny thing like that yeah. if you just follow ou twitter stuff it's like super depressing because it's, it's like oh no nine and one oh no we're ten and oh but we didn't beat everyone by 30 please yeah. everyone's jumping off the building so <laughs> it's a it's a different type of a football atmosphere probably a more fun football atmosphere to be honest with you <laughs> but it is I, I mean, i'm not going to make any comments either way but i will say that i do have a lot of fun being an iowa state fan <laughs> it is a good time well guys uh show your support throw him some follows follow everyone that he, he said i would appreciate it and uh thanks for joining on the program levi Thank you for having me. All right, guys, welcome back. That was Levi, as you said. Uh, as we listened to it, you heard us listen, uh, heard us talk about uh, life perspectives, how you should be more direction-driven as opposed to goal-driven. We talked about process stuff versus result stuff, and I think maybe some of that is kind of trying to excuse Matt Campbell for not winning enough games this season. <laughs> but honestly, it's probably a pretty healthy way of living your life of saying, hey, I'm continually getting better. I'm making the better version of myself. Who cares what other people think? I'm just doing what I want to do, and it makes me feel good about it. That's a really great way to live your life. But if you're paying somebody $6 million a year to win football games, maybe they should win more football games. Uh, <laughs> we also talked about uh, the new look Big 12 and uh, how I think it's going to be an extremely fun uh, a football conference. Uh, hopefully they embrace Friday and Thursday night football games. I mean, that own that spotlight, be a great football conference. Uh, and honestly, he seems to have talked himself into being extremely excited not playing football against the Blue Blood every year. So it does seem that Iowa State fans have had a, uh, a heavy dose of cop um, copium uh, to be able to get through this. Uh, but to be honest, I mean, I, I want those teams to do well. I'm not one of those guys who are like sticking the thumb up to other Big 12 programs and be like, you know, have fun in the projects type of a thing. I'm a Big 8 guy at heart. I'm a Big 12 guy at heart. I'll still be watching Oklahoma State. And I'll be still be watching these teams play football uh, just as much as OU, flipping them through. You know, I'll have now I can have a soft spot in my heart for them. Uh, instead of wanting them to lose every single game. So that will be interesting and that will be fun. Um, but now let's go on to our side of it. Matt, 
where do you see this game going on a scoreboard for and then this is going to be extremely results oriented <laughs> what's the score how how's are you escaping this or are they going to take loss number two for the season oh man see i said all this before we talked to levi or before you talked to levi and uh man i, I just i just think it would be so on brand for OU to, like you said, just skull drag Iowa State after, mm-hmm. you know, after just completely shitting the bed against Baylor, you you just turn around and skull drag the next opponent. It's just, and sort of to what you were alluding to earlier, I feel like this team, especially under Lincoln Riley, I feel like OU's always been better as the hunter, not the hunted. And I don't know because even those championship Novembers, all this other stuff, they've they've lost early in the season and had to crawl their way back into like the college football playoff or the Big Twelve title or whatever. Yeah, they've always had to. They've always been trying to claw their way back. They have. They haven't. Or like because with uh, with early losses, they've what twenty nineteen was the last time they like lost really late. I guess they started eight and zero or something like that with with Jalen or something. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the Kansas State yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, and uh, but yeah, all the rest of the times they've lost or they've lost early and then crawled their way back into it um, as the quote unquote hunter instead of the hunted. So I don't know I, for whatever reason I like OU to win big. I, I know I was being I was being negative early. Now let's let my my definition of winning big is uh, different now this year. <laughs> since they've only won big <laughs> since they've only won really big like twice so mm-hmm. uh no I, I like OU by let's see give me OU like 34 20 like 34, 34 winning, 20 winning big for me is two touchdowns now after, after yeah, this yeah. after this year uh so yeah give me 34 20 I think OU gets it right uh this week and Iowa State just uh you know Tucks their tails, go back home, go back home, uh, six and five. Yeah. Uh, I, Levi had it at a 38 27 Iowa State. He thinks it's going to be the other way of that type and, of a coin. He's, he thinks OU is going to fold up shop and get punched in the face, and the, the more physical team's going to win. Uh, I think OU does not cover. Uh, the, I think the spread is four and a half right now. Uh, I think it's OU 31, Iowa State 28. Uh, that, uh, I think it's a close game. I think it comes down to the very end, um, mainly because I think he's kind of right. OU's yeah. not going to have fun playing this football game. But Clay, Caleb Williams offers enough of a variance of production to where it can be bad for three series, and then he does something amazing. Um, I think OU lands a couple of those amazing things. And I think Brock Purdy throws two interceptions and that becomes just the difference of the game. Um, that's kind of where I am. I think it's a, a rock fight, to be honest with you, with a couple of bright uh, flashpoints. Uh, and it's just kind of funny coming. I, I was the one who was like, you know, open your hearts, believe, right. <laughs> win big. And I'm like, I think they win barely by three. Uh, and you're giving me a 14 point win. So uh, I, I, I think... This game is interesting. Iowa State has shown that they will give the ball up. The uh, OU is the highest-rated off uh, turnover defense in the Big Twelve, or something. Along. They have the most takeaways, yeah. I believe. They did at least they flashed that graphic during the Baylor game. They led the Big Twelve with turnovers. Uh, so if Brock Purdy is going to try to give them the ball, OU is going to take the ball. Uh, hopefully, it's short fields, uh, and OU can convert on those. 
But that's kind of where I'm coming from. I think yeah. it's going to be a close, uh, close hard fight. Uh, yeah. But guys, uh, I want to say again, it's a little bit of a shorter podcast from Matt and I's perspective because I had an hour long interview with uh, <laughs> right. Uh, Levi uh, right smack dab in the middle of this. But we're having the final home game tailgate at the uh, Brook Street Boomers uh, tailgate. Please come by. We'll be there. Brady's going to be there for a while. Keegan is going to be there for a while. I think he's going to go into the game. Uh, we'll stop by. Uh, Matt won't be able to make it. He's going to be working radio the entire time. Uh, my normal uh, day job, I'm a, a multimedia director. So I, you know, a lot of my stuff is production is getting yeah. sheets planned, getting equipment out there, making sure things are set up. So I, there is a, an untold amount of work that usually happens there that people aren't used to that world. They think they just show up and turn the microphones on. It's a lot more to it than that. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so you have to, you have to take care of that stuff. You're the one to make sure the shows work uh, uh, on those uh, airwaves. And also the one who makes this, this show works. So guys, uh, make sure uh, you give, uh, <laughs> make sure you give Matt some love on Twitter or on the Patreon. Uh, let them know um, that you're there for him and there for us. Uh, give him some shout outs. Uh, follow Keegan. Uh, I think he had the uh, Baylor offense up um, today um, as well. Uh, again, that's the $5 tier. I mean, you guys are already here at the $4 tier at least, but the $5 tier also unlocks the um, film reviews. Um, and then I'm also there at the $1 tier uh, for any written content. So again, if you're already listening to this, you're already getting that as well. But if you think I'm funny, if you think I'm being entertaining, share it with some friends, say, hey, this dude's writing about you football, but he's also doing weird things with the driver's license song that I think is kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> let them know. It's just a dollar. Um, you can help join an OU podcast, help us grow, more importantly, an OU community where we can talk about this stuff. You know, I, I want to try to introduce... Uh, yeah, I'm going to say it. We're going to do a green room podcast at some point in time in the near future. I think it's very interesting. We can take in callers and stuff. We can figure it out. So you guys can talk to us while we're talking. We can do live. We'll post those live times and everything. Probably the bowl game because at this point in time, it'll probably be a New Year's Six game and we can hammer that home uh, and figure that out. Then um, now that I've said it, it has to happen. So we'll figure it out. Um, um, Matt's eyes are slowly getting wider and wider <laughs> as I'm, I'm putting more and more the play. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I, I know like um, the Ringer Wrestling Podcast, they'll do it after pay-per-views and then just post it. Like they'll record it. And, oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's being recorded live and you're listening to it and people, they'll, they'll, they'll bring people in and I guess they like raise their, I don't, it's like a Zoom call type thing. I think you can like click them and they come on and they talk for a little bit and you say thank you and you click them off. Uh, yeah, we, we can figure easy that enough. We'll easy enough. We're going to do something. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Uh, but the, the podcast is going to continue. The community is going to continue. The Patreons continue to grow. Uh, just uh, share it with your friends, guys. Have some fun with us. Um, like I said, I'll be at Vanessa's house tomorrow hanging out with Brady. Uh, we're going to get to tailgate Saturday morning. I know it's a rooster kick, and I know that sucks. But uh, the last few times, we've had some uh, Bloody Marys there. Uh, and just come have fun. Come cheer on the OU football team. Uh, I've got, again, Oklahoma coming on top. So does Matt. So as always, Boomer Sooner through the keyhole. Thanks, guys.